Tantrum House Board Gaming Podcast is recorded live from Studio WKRD in Greenville, South Carolina. This podcast is brought to you by our friendly local game store, Boardwalk, purveyors of fine games. Bezier Games, the new classics. AEG, we make fun. The Game Steward, your second chance at Kickstarter games. And Game Toppers, LLC, upgrading your gaming experience. Your hosts are here to help you sort through the cardboard commotion to help you find the diamonds in the rough. So buckle up. Especially if you're driving right now, because you're about to arrive at the Tantrum House. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. Today we got Will Meadows, Sarah Meadows, Melissa Delp, Kevin Delp, and Hannah Johnson in the house. And we're actually here recording live on July 4th, celebrating a fantastic Independence Day. This will be coming out a week later for you all, but hopefully you had a great holiday as well. We've been playing some games, including Water Balloon and Slip and Slide and anything else? Brats. And brats as a game. And we headed to the pool. Delicious game. (laughs) (laughs) And we've also, of course, had a couple of games on the table that we're going to talk about in this episode. We also want to talk about, uh, we've kind of got a theme for this episode, and it is space. Space themed The Final Frontier. Sci-fi, something like that. We're going to talk about some of our favorite sci-fi games. Uh, We also are going to have an appropriate sponsor and some Kickstarter games that we're going to talk about. So, should be a fun episode. Hopefully you guys will enjoy as much as we have the Pew Pew Pews. All right, so what did you guys have on the table most just a minute ago that I saw out there? What were you guys playing? We played Foundations of Rome. Very patriotic. Good. What? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> also, that was the. Uh, I have played this. I got to play the early Pro- Kickstarter version of it. Or the prototype. Prototype. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, how much? How much changed between that? Do you remember? So Arcane Wonders put this out over a year ago, and the prototype was pretty deluxified was. with three D printed monu- yeah. or um buildings and things like that of course with kickstarter everything's blinged out so the money is all like deluxified so oh, it's yeah. all metal. metal um i would say the buildings themselves looked very similar i probably just finished up a little bit um than the 3d printing but they also added more more stuff for expansion co- content right and i we have a collector's edition i believe they were different levels so ours came with the monuments expansion and then also some other modules you could add in, personal player powers, cool. objectives. You can do like trading and stealing. There's also a cooperative um, module that you could play with. So lots of stuff. It's a huge cube. Basically <laughs> fills an entire Calyx cube with the box. It probably hangs at the back. Square, yeah. Solid, huge. <laughs> I saw that when you opened it, though. It looked like it had a very fantastic organizer inside. It's pretty cool. Every player has their own sort of player component board tray. tray yeah tray there you go Melissa. and they were stacked very nicely you mm-hmm. opened it up and i was like oh the entire city of rome is already built <laughs> in the box you can play up to five players which is good and we played five tonight and we played probably in about an hour or so maybe a little over an hour yeah we had two new players and then three players who had played before they, there was definitely some thinking going on that last era it plays over three eras mm-hmm. and kind of maximizing your points deciding Am I going to buy the lot? Mm-hmm. Am I going to place the building? Am I going to demolish a building and put something else there? Mm-hmm. Lots to think the about. Lots. Uh, very funny. Yeah. The monuments I did fi- do find interesting because you're not playing with all the monuments every turn, every every game. So you're like, oh, what eight or nine monuments are we going to play with this game? It's number of players plus three. There it is. It's pretty different from Skyrise. 
Mm-hmm. Is that what it's called? Skyrise? Yeah, Skyrise. Which we also just played, which also, I think both of them have a very similar table presence. Like, big giant city, lots of cool buildings on yeah. top, numbered stuff going on. Um, it, it reminds me of that visually. Sure. It's been too long since I've actually played Foundations. So Foundations are when you're getting lot cards, deeds, and then you're eventually trading them in to place the buildings. Where in Skyrise, you're every turn, every round, kind you're placing your... Auctioning, your bidding. auction off the, the different spots. Kind of so power, yeah. And yeah. you're not... Um, your, your your area control is dependent on the number of buildings. Where in this game, it really in Foundations of Rome, it's all like coins and population and civic buildings, which give you end game points. Yeah, so, so the buildings do specific things in Foundations of Rome. Where in Skyrise, it's more of the location that you're putting your building in matters. Gives you points on yeah. potential bonus stuff. Yeah, cool stuff. You can hear the the happy Fourth of July babies in the background. <laughs> Do you want to pause for a moment or two? Sure, we can. One of the other games that we got onto the table this afternoon was the new game Yak from Pretzel Games. Pretzel, mm-hmm. let's say Division of Asmodee, of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Somebody's <laughs> got to own that, and uh, that's got some very cool components in it as well. You have actual. Yaks. Yeah. Actual yaks? Actual. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> How expensive is this game? <laughs> it's a great deal. Uh, big, chunky plastic yaks who carry around plastic and cardboard uh, carts throughout the course of the game. So it's a little bit rondelle where these guys are on a track moving around. And what I, we play it with four players, so mm-hmm. each player has a yak. How do you play with three players? You have one less yak three? with you three players. Uh, yeah. Okay. Is it only a three or four player you game? You can play with two. I think there's still three yaks the way it works. So I'm not sure what two plays. I wouldn't personally play it with two. I don't think it's worth playing. It's, it seemed good at. It seemed really good at yeah. four. That's where you've got everybody. The actually we, going around the, the carts are full of different types of resources as well as building block cubes. I don't mm-hmm. know what if they have a specific name, but basically you're going to be trading your resources that you have for those that are on the cart mm-hmm. and or buying the cubes off the cart to build your own little monument. What are you What are you building? Yeah, it it's like a pyramid. It probably it reminds does. Reminds me of Emotep a little bit. It, does it probably bit, yeah. does have a specific name, but I don't remember. Yeah, and you're trying to build those, and the, all the, the cubes are different colors, so you're going to score points for the a lot different, of different colors. Yeah, well. Way too many different colors. <laughs> <laughs> They're all I, yeah. similar colors. I'm trying to think. Like I know that some of the end game scoring is involved in there, but I'm just wondering if it was developed differently that you could use less colors. Fewer, yeah. fewer colors. Well, it, the weird thing was, and I'm sure they were going for like a specific aesthetic, but it, they have like two different colors of blue. However, one of the blues is wild. Right. And then they have two different colors of gray. However. And three colors of yellow. Strangely similar grays. <laughs> like, <laughs> give me some purples, some yellow. I felt like there were a lot of other options they could have pulled from. But aside from the colors, it actually was a pretty clever game. Yeah. Um, we played three players. So you asked about four or three. I would say it felt very, very similar in a three player versus a four player um, it didn't because you're playing simultaneously, sort of, with the cards. So you sort of already have made your decision, which does really impact. Because there was one turn where Will ha- had to or played a card where he put stuff in my cart, but I had played a card which I was just picking up resources that turn. And I was like, oh, I wish I had played a right. build at that point, not knowing. But I, I, had, th- I did find that more interesting at that time. Yeah, yeah. And then there are some cubes that when you pull them out of the bag, kind of shake things up. And yep. the, the direction of the cards change directions. They turn around the other, go counterclockwise. That hurt Hannah. It did. It hurt me a lot. Yeah, especially <laughs> if you're counting on, okay, I know this next round, I'm going to get that cart. I need. I have all the resources so that I can now buy the four color cubes I've been waiting for the whole game. Yeah. And then I got the cart that was, on the other was not, <laughs> I could not use the only resource I had to buy anything. So I was completely shut out. Yeah, yeah definitely. So the game we played the other night, the change happened right when I needed it to happen and I even took things going 
if this change happens, it's going to be awesome. It was awesome. If not, <laughs> it's not going to be awesome. And I'm just like super hoping someone would she pull one of those well. pull the white cube out of the bag on that or shirt? someone did. Oh, yeah. lucky. Yeah. That's amazing. I don't, I have the same thing happened to Anna or on my last turn. I almost. I would have gone out. I would have done the in-game trigger. Uh-huh. But yep. yeah, the cart that shows up, no bread. <laughs> oh, yeah, because you throw a cube in my cart thinking you were going to get that yes, cart. That yes, correct. And then it went to me instead. That's awesome. Ruined. Thwarted. Uh, excellent. You guys played any other games recently? What else has been on your table? What do you guys well, enjoy? Well, we just got Dead Reckoning in. Ooh. So we started a campaign game. Hannah, Melissa, and I, and Paul Michael. One so of our Saga friends. number one. Saga number one. Ooh. It took us about three hours to play the first game. Now, I would say we could probably bring that down to maybe two, two and a half if we could push a little faster. Yeah. Because it was the first time for some of them, and it was a long time for us to, since we had played back when it was a prototype version. Yeah, so probably a year and a half, two years mm-hmm. ago since we had actually played. But it's a card crafting game, sort of in the Mystic Veil, AEG uh, universe. Okay. I mean, not in that same universe, but that same sort of mechanic. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, but this is a pirate themed, and you're basically upgrading your crew. So the number of cards in your deck never changes, but your crew um, develops and gets better upgraded throughout the game, which I really, really like. Yeah, I completely agree. <laughs> I liked having the same 10 cards or whatever to deal with. I just had to keep focusing on my goals mm-hmm. and have to worry about other people as much. Yeah, I, I built up a bunch of cannons to go defeat things. And it, it's kind of interesting when you battle, you get cubes and you basically drop them all down the ship tower and then they land in different spots on this board and where they land determines whether you take damage or you win or you get resources so it it is very much random and for that for the battles and sometimes it worked in my favor and sometimes it didn't i know every time i looked at was like oh man you lost that battle again i sunk twice yeah Yeah. you were not a lucky well paul michael also went after me well he was trying to get that goal the goal of sinking somebody so Anyway, yeah. Who better to pick than someone who's sinking themselves? Right? <laughs> <laughs> she's like, oh, she's already got three holes. Might as well get some more on her. Yeah. So one other game we had an opportunity to play this week was Wormholes from AEG. Have oh. we ever talked about that? No, nope. go for it. Uh, we have a we just shot a viewpoints as well, so most of the crew has had an opportunity to play it, and we just sat down the other day to record a short video, so you can probably find that on the channel by the time this goes live. Uh, Sarah, what do you think of Wormholes? So it is a kind of a pickup and deliver, but also a little bit of route building. Mm-hmm. And you are going around the galaxy with your ship and placing wormholes that you can jump from so you can uh, get further along as you go. But you can use other people's wormholes too. So um, you get bonuses for uh, discovering new planets, be the first one to do that. And then you're mostly just trying to drop off passengers at these different planets along the way. So it's one of those like gateway games that... um, anybody could jump into because the rules are pretty self-explanatory yeah. and and simple but yep. there's so much thinking move your if, spaceship around and drop off passengers yeah there's so much thinking and okay if i you only have three movements so if i go here use will's wormhole he gets a point for doing so and then it's i totally can take us uh <laughs> move a space and then i can use melissa's wormhole to get over to this planet drop it off then i get points so there's just a lot of thinking involved so i really enjoyed we, it we enjoyed it yeah and it, it ties, wormhole ties right into our space-themed games. Yeah, so... Thank you. Um, I believe wormholes won't be available until Gen Con, yeah, which is August. August. Yep. And then it might be a few weeks later for retail. Yep, makes sense. 
Cool. All right. Well, let's jump from here into a shout out to our sponsor. This episode is sponsored by IV Studios. Their game Moonrakers is coming back to crowdfunding with th- several new yeah. expansions. And we're going to be talking about that in our Kickstarter conniption. Do it. Kickstarter conniption. This episode will be talking about five games coming to Kickstarter the first couple of weeks of July 2020. Melissa, start us off. Two. Two. <laughs> <laughs> it's, <okay. laughs> it's been a crazy year. We all know. <laughs> 2022. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> 2022. Awesome. Time warp in <laughs> space yeah, with the wormholes. All right, so I am looking at an expansion to 100 Tory from Pencil First Games. Kevin, do you know when this is launching? July 18th. July 18th. Now, 100 Tory has beautiful artwork from Vincent Dutre, who is Kevin's favorite. And it's kind of a peaceful-ish game where you're laying tiles to create this path and you're trying to visit shrines and go through gates. Well, the expansion is going to bring several new characters that you can add into your game. And there's a gambler and a pilgrim. And characters basically give extra powers and you can um, hire the characters to do something special. And there's also... Um, the shrines are going to offer new ways to score points during the game. But in general, the game is going to be very similar to the base game. And this is an expansion that you're adding on for some added variability. Kevin and I have played this. We probably have a preview video for the base game, mm-hmm. the original game, 100 Tori, because that's been out for a few years yep. now. But uh, yeah, trying to match symbols and get points and build tiles and sometimes block other players to keep them from getting tons of points. But this is 100 Tori Diverging Paths from Pencil First Games and designed by Scott Caputo and Eduardo Buraf. Kevin. I've got a game from Sinister Fish Games, keeping with our Space Themes game. This one's called Moon, M-O-O-N. And this is actually a third game in their loose trilogy of games. They did Villagers and Streets. So this is taking it off Earth and going to Moon. And these are kind of the long white boxes. Mm -hmm. If you've kind of seen them, they're rectangular and short. Mm -hmm. Uh, This one is a game where you're playing over three eras. And players are basically getting majorities in different aspects of their base, their moon bases, housing, transportation, science, industry, and food production, uh, getting bonus points um, from getting sort of air control. And also there are some reputation cards, which give um, provide uh, one time or ongoing bonuses for players. And that's Moon, M-O-O-N, from Sinister Fish Games coming July 18th. Will? I'm looking at the game Moon Rakers. R-A-K-E-R-S, coming from <laughs> IV Studios. And uh, this is actually the expansion to Moonrakers. So Expansions. Uh, yeah, three of them coming. Maybe more. I don't know what you... Expansions are. with extra gameplay. How's that sound? Uh, there's stuff in there, yeah. Uh, three different small box expansions to the game. In Moonrakers, players are uh, working semi-cooperatively to try and fulfill missions using the cards that are in their hands. So it's a little bit of a deck-building game. Uh, they're trying to... 
get the requirements necessary to be able to take on different missions that will give them victory points and money that will allow them to buy and grow and, and things like that. And we've been playing uh, the couple different expansions that we've received on our channel, so you can check those out if you want to learn more. Uh, I don't remember the name of each of the expansions, but one of them basically adds a board that rewards you for helping each other, so it gives you additional powers for helping other people with their missions. Uh, one of the other expansions adds a bunch of new cards that allows you to basically upgrade your abilities faster and better. Uh, gives you different kinds of missions. You get some things where you can go head to head and where everybody can compete together and kind of just shakes up the deck of cards. And then uh, I haven't actually touched the third expansion yet, but hopefully we'll get an opportunity to peek at that soon. Austin says coming this week. This week. Can't wait. Uh, as per the usual at Ivy Studios, uh, they do an excellent job with just decking out their cards with metallic finishes, and their components are always super nice. The games come with, you know, vac trays and things that organize stuff very well. Uh, I'm always impressed by their the, just the overall aesthetic of what they bring with their game. So be sure to check out the Moonraker's expansions if you have the game. If you don't, this is your opportunity to get in. Uh, it has a little bit of a feel. One of the things I like about the game is that. The very the game that got me into it, Catan, has that like negotiation part of the game, and Moonrakers takes that really good part of uh, Catan and like fleshes it out in a totally different way. And I don't, there's not too many games that really do that well. So really enjoyed playing that one. Looking forward to trying out that new expansion. Sarah, what game are you looking at? Coming early July is Amon Ray from Alley Cat Games. This is the 20th anniversary reprint, um, and it will be featuring art from Vincent Dutre, and this is a oh, Reiner Knizia classic. Um, so you will be um, gaining um, different uh, farms and provinces to be able to trade and then ultimately build the pyramids. Um, there are... Some new things that will be added as expansion modules to this 20th anniversary edition. The There will be statues that you can gain the first couple of rounds. Um, there is afterlife tiles that you can um, play as well to place in your own personal pyramid. And then um, there's a pharaoh mini expansion and also viziers. So you can check that out coming early July to GameFound. Also uh, coming, I believe, maybe to Kickstarter is um, Pathfinder Revolution. I believe we talked about this on our last episode. It is coming July 18th. They had a date change for that. Um, so if you know anything about the Pathfinder world, um, they have a new game coming in that arena. So check that out on July 18th. Is this one in space? Pathfinder Revolution? No. no. <laughs> oh, it didn't fit the theme. I was looking for the tie-in so I could jump into space-themed games. But first, before we do that... Oh, wait. What do we got? We have to talk to Austin. <gasps> cool. All right. Well, let's welcome Austin from Ivy Studios to the house. Hey. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. I'm excited that you are here. I, I know you've been on the podcast before, but we wanted you here on this podcast to talk about the Moonrakers Titan Edition plus all the good stuff coming... <laughs> Uh, July 19th, correct? July 19th. July 19th. Okay. This episode goes live like two days before it launches. So, Oh, well, that's great. I can give you even more uh, sneak peeks and stuff then. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, we're we're ready to launch. Uh, We have that nervous energy of like, you know, half panic, half excitement. Um, But, you know, it's it's the same before every Kickstarter. Cool, cool. (laughs) Well, tell us uh, quickly. We've covered Moonrakers in the past. Um, Tell me... 
a little bit about like was this a vision to do more stuff with Moonrakers when you initially because Moonrakers was your first game, right? It was our first game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's uh, we've done two other games now: Veiled Fate and Mythic Mischief. Um, wait, wait. Oh, hey, seen... nice hat. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> nice hat yeah i actually had one, one earlier i changed it there we go oh. cool yeah sorry i didn't mean for those that are listening i have a mythic mischief hat on so yeah <laughs> um it, it has been a blast launching both those games but it was also just really exciting to kind of return to our first love of moonrakers um we huge deck building fans huge negotiation fans we played a ton of dominion and cosmic encounter for years like those were our go-to games and Eventually, we just kind of decided Dominion was amazing, but that we hated watching other people play Dominion. Um, and that was like <laughs> one of the inspirations for Moonrakers, for sure. Um, and then, obviously, the negotiation of Cosmic Encounter was a huge uh, hit for us. So, yeah, that's kind of where the initial the initial ideas came from. But So, the, uh, the Kickstarter... Mm-hmm. Kickstarter, correct? Yeah, it is Kickstarter. I always double-check now, since like they keep There's announcing lot- new crowdfunding platforms. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, oh, what's today? <laughs> yeah and to be honest i have no idea what our next project will be on you know there we go. on game found we might try the new backer kit one who knows yeah yeah i'd like to know like i'm surprised how many uh companies are jumping on backer maybe they're getting some sweet deals so it it just kind of makes sense to me because they're a third party that's done this for so long yeah that it has such close interaction with with the publishers it, it makes sense to me we weren't able to jump in this time obviously but sure. we'll see in the future yeah all right, back to Moonrakers. For, yeah, sorry. <laughs> for, no, it's for our fans. Uh, so the the Kickstarter will have three expansions. We've already done two playthroughs. That third one, um, by the time this launches, should already be, well, it'll be, yeah. Check our YouTube channel. The The third one's called Nomad, correct? Yeah, Nomad is probably hitting your doorstep pretty soon, actually. Awesome. Um, so yeah, we have Binding Ties, Overload, and Nomad, the the three main expansions that are coming to the Kickstarter on July mm-hmm. 19th. And then we have Luminor, which is the thing that I wouldn't be able to talk about if it was launching today. Nope. Uh, but Luminor is a full co-op expansion that actually launches four days before the Kickstarter. And the okay. reason it's not a part of the Kickstarter is it's actually free to anyone that owns the base game right now. Uh, and will be free ongoing for anyone that buys the base game in the future. But cool. it basically is a, a brand new game. Um, it's a, a digital companion app where you're going to download it from Steam and you can put it on Mac or PC. Hopefully, eventually, we'll have it on like iPad and Apple TV and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're going to download that and it's going to take the competitive experience of Moonraker's Tabletop and turn it into a co-op experience where you're still you're still using the physical components from Moonraker's. Mm-hmm. But now you're you're not, you know, fighting against each other to see who's going to be the leader of the Moonrakers. Instead, you're just trying to help the Moonrakers survive. Um, and so uh, I'm very, very excited to to get that out to the public. We've been working really hard on it. And it kind of has some like vibes of um, Faster Than Light FTL, if you've played that, uh, which is okay. a, a video game, not a board game. And some vibes of something like Slay the Spire mixed with a board game uh, wow. experience. So uh, yeah, we're, we're really excited about that one as well. So Lum- tell me a little bit more about Luminor was... Um... So this is fully co-op. Can is it is just one person in charge of it, or is it something that they're passing around? Or tell me a little bit more how people are interacting with with the totally. uh, the, inexper- yeah. the experience. So it plays one to five players, mm-hmm. um, and so you could just play it solo by yourself. Um, one person would be running it on a computer, but if okay. you're playing, you know, in person with 
three or four of your friends, mm-hmm. you could just pass around a mouse or, or anything you wanted to do, or one person could just control the screen. Um, you can actually play it remotely too, and that's how we've been play testing it. Ooh. I would definitely say that's not the the primary way people will play sure. it, just because it's a little harder to set up that. But um, you know, one person shares their Zoom screen and they're controlling the screen or the, mm-hmm. the mouse and stuff, but everyone is able to play their cards with their physical game, you know, okay. a thousand miles away from everybody else. So that's been great for playtesting. We've had people in Europe playing with people in the US and it's just, it's it's fun to do without something like TTS. We're still playing physical components. So Cool. Uh, so we should dive in, just give a brief overview of what the expansions, uh, the the physical expansions, not yeah. Lunar, <laughs> what the physical expansions uh, are adding to Moonrakers. So we'll start with what, Binding Ties? Is that like the... F- yeah, Binding Ties is like the first one for sure. Yeah. So every expansion kind of... It, it focuses on a, a different thing that we were either hearing as feedback for people or something mm-hmm. that we just wanted to upgrade in the game. Sure. And so Binding Ties really focuses on the, the negotiation aspect of the game. There are groups where it clicks and everyone negotiates from the start and it just makes sense. And there are groups where people try to operate a little bit more as silos. And if you've played Moonrakers, that is hard to do because the contracts will really make right. that hard to work alone. My wife loves multi multiplayer solitaire games. Yes, so. yep. Uh, exactly. so yes totally agree binding ties is going to help push that um in the direction that's is helpful so. yeah and and one of my favorite parts about that is for the people that are those solitaire players in the second half of the game they now have all the rewards they've been building up in the first half of the game by working together where they can tackle those harder contracts alone and so it really gave us a nice like in my opinion bell curve of working together and then working alone um as far as the game flow goes um, and so you're seeing a little bit shorter of games because it's not quite as hard to win by yourself because you're a little mm-hmm. bit more powerful. Um, but then the beginning of the game, less contracts fail because more people are working together. So that's Binding Ties. All right, uh, Overlord. Or Overload, actually. But oh, sorry, I, I kind of regret not calling it Overlord because uh, uh, it's an awesome name as well. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Overload. That's good. Go yeah. for it. So Overload is just a massive deck building upgrade. Uh, it, it doubles the amount of unique cards in the game. So there's uh, 37 more ship parts and 20 more crew, uh, which is the Ooh. number in the base game. Um, and it also adds seven new action card types and two okay. more contract card types. And it, it just makes the whole game, you just feel so much more powerful. And it's like so many more interesting combinations and synergies. Um, so for instance, in the base game, you had those like core action cards like reactors and thrusters. And mm-hmm. they're fine, but they make up most of what your hand is. And they're not, especially interesting uh, after you've played a hundred times. Whereas now you're able to upgrade those into reactor pluses or reactor X's. And those, those will either give you like two actions and a bonus, like an extra card or three actions. And you're able to get different ship parts and different crew that are going to upgrade those over time for you. Do you Um, feel, do you feel like the overload expansion makes the game ramp up faster? It does, especially yeah, especially if you combine it with something like Binding Ties. Okay. But I think Overload is the expansion that will just be, you know, the one that's always there. Like, okay. once you've played with it, it's hard to play without it. Gotcha. Um, and um, the the contracts that it adds, it adds some fun new things that we really wanted people, people really wanted us to add, like, combat with between players. Oh. And that just went against the spirit of the game. <laughs> Uh, or like, you know, I want to be able to like knock a ship part off my friend's ship or like make it harder for the complete contract. And that just made the game longer, right? Like that mm-hmm. didn't actually help anything. And so these head-to-head contracts were our answer to that where you can actually compete. You're competing to play the most of a certain type of requirement. So mm-hmm. um, if the mission leader picks it, they can't stop anyone else from joining the contract. Anyone can join. 
Uh, and then whoever is able to play the most is going to get the top reward. And then there's a second place reward on those. Um, and I've seen a few games end on those. And that's oh. always a huge moment uh, where cool. like everyone's trying to stop this one player from winning <laughs> by getting enough uh, of a, a requirement. Um, so that's that's been fun. Um, and then the, the last one is our first hollow cards in the game. Um, those are the flex requirements. It's a basically a new icon on a contract that's just like any any requirement you can play up, applies to this. So instead of like, you know, five reactors, five thrusters, it might be like 10 flex and three shields. And so it's just like whatever you want to play. Um, and I love how those hollow cards turned out. And I... I, it, because this is coming out before the the campaign, mm-hmm. I can't reveal everything, but you should be on the lookout for more of those type of cards uh, on the campaign. So, cool! Uh, I'm really excited about that. But that's Nomad, correct? Uh, sorry, nope, that's Overload. That's um, still an Overload. Okay, gotcha. that was still Overload. Overload's a big, uh, and gotcha. there's even more I'm not covering, like Iospheres, the tokens <laughs> that like charge up cards, stuff like that. But yeah, just basically, just think of it as the deck building expansion. Gotcha. All right. And then Nomad, yeah. uh, Nomad completely changes the way you get contracts. So normally there'd be two rows of four mm-hmm. contracts that are available, and you can just choose one of those. Uh, we get rid of that entire board. That entire wow. section is just gone. And now you have a like like a solar system map with four sections on it. And you have another ship token that you are flying around the galaxy, basically. And oh. every time you go to a different place, it is going to be either the Ventus place, which is the yellow-themed cards, mm-hmm. basically. Mm-hmm. And if you go there, the contracts that you will get will be thruster-based. And then if okay. you go to the green system, the Henko system, you'll get shield ones. I think you can see a pattern here. Basically, yep, yep. you're able to focus on the type of contract you want by what your hand and ship are good at that turn. Gotcha. Um, and so you're getting less options, but you're able to really be like, cool, I'm going to build a damage and thruster ship, and I'm going to pretty consistently be able to get those. But... You can't stay in the same system for longer than a turn because the UA is hunting you and you have to keep basically on the move. <laughs> and then also it adds in some spatial awareness because if I move to the opposite side of the board from you, I would no longer be able to ask you to come on a contract with me as an ally because you're oh, too far away. Gotcha. And so you kind of have to plan out your move based on who you're trying to ally with and what kind of contract you're looking for. Um, cool. Also adds... Um, uh, events to the game every turn there's a new event and it also adds policies which are a very like very much smaller version of ti4's like voting on walls uh mechanic if you've played twilight yep Imperium. yep a long um, time ago <laughs> and so <laughs> basically it'll it'll basically change rules of the game so like okay. there's one for instance that adds a hazard dice but also adds a prestige to every contract so if this law gets voted in uh every contract will be a little bit harder but also have a better reward um and so things like that um but yeah really really excited about uh that one especially that's more for the people looking for more theme in the game okay um it it just makes it feel a lot more like you're actually in space flying around the galaxy doing things versus just i'll do this contract um tell me tell me a little bit more about the campaign if someone's you know going on on the campaign july 19th plug that again um they can (laughs) can they get the uh can they get the base game and, and and all the expansions or tell me a little bit about the campaign yeah, so the campaign, we really wanted to make it easy for people that already had the base game. So sure. there, there's a pledge level that's like you can just get the three expansions or you can get the three expansions and a big box that we're doing, um, not with the base game inside of it. So gotcha. that'll be probably the most backed pledge, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for people that don't have the base game, they can get the big box with the base game or they can get, you know, just a base game in the expansions. There's a few different ways to do it. But um, 
what we're really excited about with the big box, because I haven't talked very much about that, is it holds everything we've ever made for Moonrakers. It holds awesome. the mats, it holds all the cards, sleeved, uh, and then it also has a, a card tray that uh, when I play Moonrakers, all of my action cards are just kind of like spread out in piles on the table, and I hate it. And so we actually made a removable tray that will hold all the action cards and just sit neatly on your table, which is cool. like something I, I will never play without now. <laughs> Uh, but I'm really, really excited about the big box. Um, it's called the Titan box. Um, and it, it fits in a Calyx. It, it might have a little bit of overhang, uh, but it, it fits <laughs> mostly, uh, in a Calyx. So, so if you have a little room behind your Calyx, what you're saying is going to push. I got you. I got yeah, you. Just push a little bit. Push a little bit leave more. An inch, leave an inch behind all your Calyxes. And you'll be fine. That's pretty, that's pretty big. Uh, I'm trying to think foundations of Rome is one of those. Um, yeah. if you've seen that box, I have it. Yeah. Uh, it's, it is not nearly as tall, but okay. it is probably as big in the other dimensions. Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah. That's huge, man. That's huge. Um, <laughs> tell, uh, our listeners about where they can find, um, more information about Ivy studios and are you going to be at any like Gen Con recent or oh, yeah. upcoming conventions? Yeah, so we'll be at uh, Gen Con. And I think our next one after that is probably just PAX Unplugged in December. Okay. Um, but Gen Con is actually while the campaign is live. Ooh. And so we will be there and promoting Moonraker's Hard if you want to come check out what we're working on. Sweet. Um, the studio, uh, we have a YouTube channel, just IV Games, that is going to have, you know, all of our content about this in general. Um, but then, yeah, we're just uh, IV Studio or IV Games on Instagram. Um, and Moonrakers itself has a channel on Instagram as well. Oh, cool. That's good. Uh, so to know. That's, that's where we're doing a lot of, of sharing. We actually have some competition or like little puzzle games there right now. Um, and Becca Scott is working with us on some voiceover for if you get through each puzzle, some, uh, there's like a story about Moonrakers, um, nice. that Becca helped us do the voiceover for. And so. then there's the novel, then there's the comic series. <laughs> and... No, I'm kidding. <laughs> hey, there is one comic, but no novel yet. Okay. Uh, we're not doing, we've, a lot of people have asked, are you doing another comic for this version? We're not. We, <laughs> we, we invested those resources into Luminor and into this audio drama that we did with Becca, but, cool. uh, but maybe in the future we'll do another one. Cool. <laughs> Austin, thanks so much for joining us, and um, good luck on the campaign July 19th. Thank you so much. Bye! Bye. Oh, man, lots of fun. I, I can't wait to try out the new expansion. I'm excited that that's coming in the mail ASAP, and looking forward to uh, doing a playthrough of that on our channel. So be sure to check out that, as well as the other two expansions that we've already played. Um, man, Moonrakers is it's growing on my list. I don't... I don't know. If it's, mm. I don't know. If it's quite making it to my top ten of all time games. Oh yet. yeah, how's that video coming? It's, well? it's in my head. So great. It's gonna be a good video someday. <laughs> be a good video that you started six months ago. Oh, man, it's so hard. It's so hard. I can't organize. I can't do it. I thought Melissa was like bad at it. I, I admit. I admit <laughs> defeat. I can't. It's, do- it's hard, <laughs> isn't it? Let me just say the I pressure. helped Melissa over a multiple time weeks and months to get her to her top. Sarah, 10. you're gonna have to help me narrow this list. I down. just decided that. I whatever I picked at that time was just going to be go. worth it's it. It's your current top ten. There right. you go. At this very moment, I just need to start filming, and then whatever comes out. Will be <laughs> oh man, in the top That's ten. That's scary, <laughs> right? <laughs> no, I'm just reaching behind me on the shelf. Like so many honorable mentions. Wow. <laughs> Pinpoint. Cool. <laughs> Uh, I also did top twenty because I couldn't oh, narrow geez. it down. That's fine. Hey, All right. that's fine. It's on my list. I got to do it. But uh, one of these games that might be on my top ten list. So we're, I'm, I'm making the transition. Space themed games. Yep. Some of our faves. Uh, super enjoyable game is Battlestar Galactica. I had that on my list to make sure you talked about it. Oh, oh for sure. Well, that's my probably favorite space themed game. There you go. Favorite. Mostly because I loved the show. 
and it does a very good job of incorporating what was going on in the show to this the is, game. This is the one based off of the newer. The new TV series that was on Sci-Fi a couple okay, years ago. Cool. Right. It's already been like probably five years. <laughs> Try longer. like 15. Yeah, I was going to say 15 years ago. No way. Yeah, I'll yes. look it up while you guys so are talking. stinking old. I hate it. Uh, <laughs> Battlestar Galactica is a great game. It's a secret trader mechanic game. And one of the cool things about the game, like the show, is that additional traders can happen throughout the course of the game. So you start off the game, you think you're a healthy, alive, wonderful human, and then you find out, oh, I am a treacherous scum. Cylon. Cylon. You guys ready? No, don't tell me. (laughs) Yeah, when? 2004 to 2009. Oh, it was like years, decades ago. Woo, that was almost 20 years ago. Started. 2004? It was close to 15. I remember the original TV show. I don't think I actually watched it when it I was on it. TV. What are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah, I did watch reruns of the original. Anyway. Oh, sorry. Very great game. Lots of components. That, there was a little while there. Maybe it still is the case where you couldn't get your hands on a copy. Have they it's, reprinted it? No. Still yeah. the case. Um, lots of expansions to it as well. That was 1978. Yeah, that was, was a little before me, but I did. I watched the original episodes. Uh, yeah, Battlestar Galactica is a lot of fun. That's a great space theme game. Glad you talked about it. Yeah, I got it in there. We got to do Melissa next because then we can just, every other person can be Melissa. I, I may have written down 12 games. <laughs> oh, no. Not that I'm going to talk about all of them. But spaces of But now I have to choose frontier. one of these. Choose one. Okay. Right. In no particular order. <laughs> in her top <laughs> 10 sure. is number um, 10. <laughs> I'm going to talk about a new one that has just come out. And that is Space Station Phoenix there we go. Ooh, from number, Rio Grande Games. Uh, Kevin and Hannah, Hannah have actually taught it. us. Yes, I did. Ooh. So this is a game where each player has their own space station. And you start out with one little hub. And they are different from everyone else's. Mm-hmm. So it's asymmetric. Yep, little, pa- little player powers. You're going to have nine ship cards. And those represent the actions that you can take. And throughout the game, you're taking actions. And those are in front of you, like sort of like a tableau. Mm-hmm. You can even take other players' actions, but you have to pay them extra. Basically, you have to pay a certain amount of energy to take each action. It shows on the card. And then you're getting resources. Mm-hmm. You're collecting getting- things to be able to build space station parts. You're getting aliens, aliens and people, and people mm-hmm. to occupy your station. So then when you take an income turn, you're going to get more stuff. And it's... Pretty much an engine building type of game, mm-hmm. but each space station piece is unique. So it's very mm-hmm. you're you're kind of building your own strategy based on the things you choose to buy and the ships that you have, and you're actually demolishing ships throughout the game. To so get your action resources. spaces, oh, you demolish them to get resources to be able to build your station up. So as the game goes on, you have fewer action spaces but more benefits mm-hmm. because on things are trigger- triggering on your space station. I, I like it a lot. Um, but there's a, I mean, it takes up a lot of table space. So yeah, lots of, lots of pieces, components, but it wasn't difficult to understand yeah. how oh, no. to play once yeah. you got going, but there is a lot of strategy of how to like put all those actions together in the right order. Oh yeah. It's unlimited gameplay for learning the strategy behind it. Mm-hmm. I, that's interesting. I hadn't really thought of this. I wonder if per capita, that's not the right word for it, but a lot of space games take up a lot of table. Mm. Like Firefly is another game that we should talk about. Ryan would talk about it. It would be his first one out of the gate. 
that game takes up like two tables <laughs> to play. Uh, and I can think of a couple other ones that are the same way where like hmm. you, you're trying to explore space. The you gotta have space, yeah, to, space. To fill up your table. It takes up the universe. Oh. So it's big. All right. My game is going, I'll talk about one game. Space. This is my favorite space themed game. Space Base. Yep. Knew it. Good. <laughs> yep. Good space. Space. It's yeah. probably my top 20 games of all time. Um, and it is so fun because I like the simultaneous play. I like that you're always involved in the well, simultaneous play. It's in that you're always involved with what people are, are playing or rolling. You're like, I want them to roll these numbers so that you can basically activate your spaceships on your tableau, um, upgrading your sort of, um, ships and getting them to be even more powerful when that, when that um, number is rolled, determining where you're going to place them, what is coming out. I just really, I really enjoy playing it. So, Space Base from AEG. There's a game kind of similar to that a little bit in the simultaneous action. Have you played Space Team? Which is the game where I think it started off as an app. And it's the one where everybody has a different, like, space console on their phone. And one person has, like, the message come across, like, turn on the flux capacitor. But they don't actually have the flux capacitor. Somebody (laughs) else has it on their phone. No, I did not know this And so they're flicking it and turning it, and everybody's shouting and yelling. It is a blast. And the game Space Team is very similar to that, but with cards. So everybody Hmm. has a hand of cards, and they're all playing them semi-simultaneously, trying to help each other fulfill their missions. This sounds uh, like my worst nightmare. It does. It is not. (laughs) But it is a great time. Especially when you're, like, somewhere waiting. We've played this in, like... Waiting for a table at a restaurant. Uh (laughs) And like, we're like, wait, fortunately we were outside, but like way too loud saying these crazy made up sci-fi terms. Turn to the maximum capacities and the the flux squeezer. Yeah, it's goofy, but it's fun. It's a good one. Um, One of my favorites that is an old one. And I, I realize a lot of these space games that I like, which is not very many of them. It's, I think my one of my least mm. favorite themes, mm. even though I have friends that work in the space yeah. industry, um, is Cosmic Encounter. I'm not even good at negotiating, which was, shows on these playthroughs for Moonrakers because I am not one yet. <laughs> poor, poor but I Next enjoy Moonrakers. I also enjoy Cosmic Encounter. You got to negotiate to try and um, just game points. There's alien like everything's in that game. So. Same with Ryan. Ryan is not the greatest at negotiating in certain types of games, and he admits it. I don't know why I like Cosmic Encounters so much because I'm not good at it, and it's not my favorite type of um, mechanic, but still a great game. Yeah, it's a classic. It's a good one for sure. So I think my favorite, my current favorite space game that I don't think anyone's actually gotten to play mm-hmm. um, is Planet Unknown by Adam's Apple Games. Oh, yeah. Has anyone played it? So many good Ryan and Katie have it. it. I think this is now in my top five games of all time. Oh. Like it, Hannah's going to work on hers totally before you get a year as well. She's gonna, yeah. yeah, it absolutely went up there. So it is a tile laying game. So you have Tetris pieces, but it's simultaneous play. As you're discovering your planet, there is a lazy Susan with the Tetris pieces in it that rotates every single round that you know which two pieces that are coming up so you can plan it out in advance. And everyone has slightly different planets and you're trying, depending on what building you place, depends on your tracks go up and you can get more bonuses. You can chain things later. So if like, if you love those tile laying games, anything with the Tetris pieces, cool, it is so good. And even my husband, Charlie, who's not into those kinds of games raves about it. So both of us have just, it's shot up to one of our favorite Pretty games cool. ever. Pretty cool. What was What's that one? the, Planet. uh, 
Oh, Cosmic Colonies? Is that another oh, tile laying Yeah, we'll have to one. introduce and that he, to you. Unknown. That's what this, yeah. One of the other ones I like is called Planet, just Planet. It's oh, the, the uh, Search for Planet X? No, 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 planet. no. Is this the blue orange one? It is, yeah. That's like you have a magnetic. Yeah. That's like an Earth polyhedron. game, not a space game. It's out of space. Look, here's the picture. I'll show you. See? It's in space. I mean, it says planet. <laughs> mm. That like Earth. That's a stretch. Well, then we can say crew is also part of well, this crew. as well. Look at the crew is Deep Space Nine. Okay, there we go. Yeah. You're actually deep going out in into title. space. All right. With your trick taking. <laughs> I do like Planet a lot, though. It's got a yeah. pretty neat uh, component to it in that you're holding a giant magnetic pentagon made cube where you're sticking each of your pentagonic (laughs) that's a great word (laughs) magnets onto it yeah it probably is a dodecahedron you're probably right that's what I'm looking for Mm -hmm. Uh, and all the sides have to touch each other it's a pretty slick uh, component wise and strategy tile placement game So, alright back to Melissa Oh, yeah, we haven't been going back Rapid fire. Oh, yeah. So um, I feel like I need to mention race and role for the galaxy. Yeah, absolutely. As uh, favorites. Uh, either version. I love both. Love the like simultaneous. I like roll a little better. Yeah. Like the tableau building. <laughs> 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 We're all cutting Melissa off. Uh, tell us more about these games. <laughs> it's fun. And it's in space. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> They are both good. I do enjoy uh, Roll more, but they're both clever games. All right. How about Terraforming Mars, Melissa? I mean, it's not one of my favorites, but it's... If I had to play Terraforming Mars, I think I would only play the Ares Expedition now that it it streamlines everything. I did enjoy Ares a lot. I have a confession to make. I have never never actually played the original Terraforming Mars. But you have played Ares now. I've played Ares. Okay. You played Terraforming then. <laughs> Good enough. You enough. got the idea down. You're basically going up the different tracks, heat and oxygen and all that. To... I've had several opportunities too and yeah. have chosen to play five other games <laughs> instead of that one game. There you go. I don't, I, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm going to be silent. Oh, well, Space. I love deduction. So search for Planet X is yeah. one of my favorites. Yeah. It's like doing one of the logic puzzles yep. that I used to do as a kid and teenager, but game form. That is a good one. I enjoy that one. Uh, one of the other ones that I have on my list, this is another cheater when you're going to be like, it doesn't really count, is time stories. Is that in space or is that just in time? Some space? scenarios can be. Sci-fi. I don't think any, any of them have gone to space, space yet. yet. Like, they a have a spaceship. It's got to be in space. That yeah. is the it, time, tra- time portal. It's time. like a pod. In space, for sure. That's where you go in <laughs> to go to, like... It switches your consciousness. To a different body in a different time. Space? There's definitely space pictures in one of them. Probably. I'm only picturing the underwater yeah, scenarios that, that people that we made? know, yeah. like, oh, made, what? so... Anyway, okay, well, we won't talk about that one. I guess. Plug for this. <laughs> you, you can do um, time traveling ones in the time traveling. Ooh, a whole um, episode on time. Well, there we go. Let's do it. It's probably like Back to Melissa. Three time travel games. No, I love worker placement. Love dice worker placement. Yes. So we have Pulsar twenty eight forty nine from CGE. Yep. So you're drafting dice and then you're using them to fly around on your spaceship or to get new technology or to. Mm-hmm get resources and things so lots of things you can do with your dice as you're trying to score points cool is dune in space 
Dune Imperium. Dune Imperium is basically. Is there multiple Dunes? <laughs> there are actually several Dune games. This is true. But Dune Imperium is probably one you played. Uh, I think I actually have played both, but Dune Imperium is the one that I have that I'm looking at right now. The deck building one. Yeah, yeah, the most recent one, uh, which is very cool. It's a uh, heavily based on the books, on the movie, on the whatever original IP. Mm-hmm. Um, you are trying to get that magical spice and it's very valuable in the game. You are trying to battle for area control in some parts of the game. It's definitely a deck builder game for the most part, but it's very heavily built on the the new movies because you are like matching the different factions and, and groups and trying to have that military authority and the political authority and all the other different things that are going on in the game. And it's wide and deep and meaty and great. <laughs> very cool. I haven't even mentioned any Star Wars games. Oh, there you go. Which because one? Because Ryan's not here. Ryan is not here to... I've heard Star Wars Outer Rim is very cool yes. and doesn't play that long. Um, it's not like a miniatures game. and It's not like Star Wars um, Imperial Assault Wars. It's just a two-player, really, game. So I think Outer Rim plays up to four. So I've heard good things, but again, haven't played that Maybe one I'll either. play it someday. Well, if we say Star Wars, we have to say Star Trek. Is there a good Star to. Trek? There's the only one I think I, I can think of right now is the Star Trek Catan, wow. which I think is the only Catan I have ever played. Wow. wow. <laughs> I feel like there's another Star Trek There's definitely Trek a deck game. building There's game a deck building Star Trek game. Ooh, oh. is there it was actually pretty good. the Star Trek missions? From, oh, there it's you the go. Fantasy realms There we go. We'll take Star it. Trek. There it goes. Take it. There's also a new Star Trek uh, super skill pinball. Mm-hmm. Yes, they must see. hold that IP pretty tight because there really aren't that many yeah. Star Trek games that I'm aware of. Even though there are a million Star Wars games, I know. I thought you were going to say Dark Side Rising, which is one of our kids' favorites. There but. you go. Um, one. I'll just do one last one. Okay, one last one for Melissa. <laughs> Kevin's fingers are getting close to the buttons that for end, uh, the end buttons. <laughs> outro <laughs> Um, Clank in space. There we go. Uh, Did you hear about Clank? I, actually, you just told me, but yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dyer Wolf tell is, is now going to be just supporting their own products and not through Renegade, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, it will be interesting. Uh, okay, well, if that's the last one, I got at least two more. I was surprised oh, you didn't whoa. say okay. uh, Galaxy Trucker. Isn't that like oh, a... Oh, okay, yeah. I do like Galaxy Trucker. I forgot about that one. <laughs> I really enjoy teaching that one at conventions. Yeah, that's a fun one. I mean, it is cool. Lots of action going on and neat components, those green... Advil tap capsules. <laughs> look like Tic Tacs. They look delicious. I want to eat them. Uh, and then Space Explorers from 20th Century Games is a pretty slick little uh, deck building, engine building game. Tableau building? Tableau building. Some some yeah, form tableau. of all those three. Uh, and I think they have a new expansion coming out pretty soon too, which we'll probably have info on. Cool. Um, but I'm sure there's many, many more. If you're all listening. Right, list them off, Melissa. <laughs> oh, okay. So I did have a few more. Beyond the Sun yeah. from Rio Grande Games. Tech Tree. I actually have a video where I recently compared Space Station Phoenix and Beyond the Sun. So check that out on our YouTube channel. I also have Beta Colony, mm-hmm. which you're colonizing places and it has a rondelle for your movement action selection. Godspeed. Oh, wow. I, I do like that Godspeed. One. That's from yeah. Panasaurus, right? I think so. Yeah. I remember you have like your little crew that you're bidding Ooh. with on certain actions. Man, I haven't pulled that one out in a while. Mm-hmm. There, there's many, many, many more. <laughs> Space. It's vast. No, oh, no one can I hear you scream. The Final Frontier. But. Oh. That's what I was waiting for. <laughs> well, that was one small step for us board gamers. One giant leap for something else. Board game kind. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thank you, All right. Thank you, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.
Thanks for listening to the Tantrum House Board Game Podcast. If you liked any part of this at all, find and follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and tantrumhouse.com. Like us, share us, email us, call us, or send us a postcard to Tantrum House, 306 Berry Drive, that's B-A-R-R-Y, Greer, South Carolina, 29650.